All right, we're back for another episode of Stream of Thought, and we're on 37 today. And we begin by talking about an experience Victor had with driving. Just people get on my nerves. <laughs> and People like me get on my nerves driving. Which is totally understandable, which sort of transitions us into this uh, philosophical monologue, I guess, that I end up having, just about communication and trying to communicate with Victor uh, on the next topic, which is... We talk about the just the wonders of technology and moving into the 21st century. And how crazy it is to think about technology and how it's advanced over time. And time is kind of a big thing. <laughs> we Time. <laughs> it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So with that being said, episode number 37... Stream of thought. We hope you enjoy. Okay, so you know how the truth is a hard pill to swallow. All right. Right? And yesterday I had done some mild soul searching. I'm just like, why, why am I like this? What happened? So what happened was this. I'm driving to class yesterday downtown, and I'm just like – I'm an extremely aggressive driver, as you know. You know, I'm not like fucking crazy, you know what I'm saying? But like I I have zero tolerance for bullshit. You bend the rules. Hang on. A couple. Yes. A little bit. Well, it was funny because I never drive on the sh- – well – so I don't Go drive. On. I don't drive on the shoulder that often on 290, and all of a sudden, it, because I did that a lot, and I just passed traffic like crazy. Huh, and then one why. day, I just like decide, no, I shouldn't do that. And like a state trooper rolls by like five seconds after I thought that, and I see him every so often. But for whatever reason, yesterday there was just an insane amount of more traffic than usual. Like typically, it's tolerable. It takes me about an hour. Yesterday it was like an hour and a half. I'm like, what the fuck? And especially like. It, it gets to the point where, like, if you're making a left turn onto LaSalle, let's say the light turns green, you can't go because the cars are blocking the intersection. Like, it's a giant fucking pain in the ass, right? And um, there are a few maneuvers that I did that I had to do in order to progress. And I just get so impatient with stopping, go traffic and bumper to bumper and just driving fucking nuts. And there were a few maneuvers that I made. I was just like, wow. That was uh, – I think that was dangerous right there. And um, what I'm getting at is just like, man, I really got to just chill the fuck out when, I, <laughs> when it comes to heavy traffic. Yeah. Like as long as I can just continue going at a normal speed, like things are okay. But if it's like stop and go traffic, I'm just trying to get the fuck out of there as fast as I can. And I'm just like, man, I'm, I am being dangerous. Well, I am being dangerous. <laughs> Acknowledging you have a problem <laughs> is the first step to recovery. <laughs> um, uh, so was that the extent of the uh, the mild soul searching? Well, I'm trying to. F- I was sitting just a minute ago. I was trying to figure out like, why am I so impatient? What like what drives this? recklessness now now i know you had to wait a couple of minutes for me like when you're waiting are you impatient in those moments of like why the hell can't he hurry up 
No, not at all. Oh, okay. So no, it's, it's I just think when the trigger. I think I. I think I found out what the trigger is. The trigger is the constant stop and go. The th- move forward two feet and then just you have to hit the brakes. Yeah, move forward two feet and hit on the brake. Like there's parts on 290 where where the Mannheim merges with 290, and for the most part you're going slow. And you break sometimes, but your speed is, although slow, it's fairly consistent, mm. you know? But with just the stop and go, the stop, just the real heavy, thick traffic, that's, that is what drives me nuts. Yeah. That is what just puts me over the edge. So you want to know how I would approach this? Take the train? Take the train? No, well, dude. No, okay, no, 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 because that's just a Band-Aid on the, on the wound, really. Because when it comes down to it, at some point in the future, you're even if you take the train now, you're going to eventually have to drive, and you're likely going to have to deal with traffic, right? It's sort yes, of but it's not necessarily. Yeah, I do want to emphasize the difference between between traffic. I get it. I can do traffic, mm-hmm. not a problem. It's just the heavy traffic. And you want to like, move to L.A. I know, but here's the I thing, mean, though. Dude. <laughs> here's the thing, though. People at least out in L.A. will go fucking nuts if you block the intersection. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like but if that doesn't a, make them move. That's the that's the paradox of the situation. They least, go they go nuts, but everyone's going nuts standing still. No, I'm saying if you if if it's a green light and the light, so if you're going like this and the light changes green but and these are cars gonna are do blocking, what they're going to do. I mean, you can't you can no. Block that's as like an unspoken rule. People will not block the intersection. Okay. It's yeah, like, I, I haven't been like LA, if you so time it, if you it, people don't block the intersection. If you happen to time it wrong, or like there's someone that's out there that's not from there. Like, they'll just honk you, honk the horn at you like no other. Mm. In Chicago, people just don't even give a fuck. Like, it'll be a congested intersection. At least in L.A., it's an unspoken rule. Like, you don't block the intersection. So you're talking about specifically driving in the city? Yeah, where else is there going to be traffic? On the expressway? Yeah. So in the city and uh, on the expressway? Yeah. Both irritate you? Driving in the city doesn't irritate me. I like it because... For the most part, there's there's more people like me driving in the city <laughs> that just true. go from yeah. one place to another. Again, it's, it's very just, fast moving. It's just the efficient traffic. Just the super yeah. It's just the super heavy. But the expressways, yeah, stop go, stop go, totally. That that is super frustrating. But I will say, when when I did experience, when I do experience that sort of stop go, stop go, I don't know. That doesn't really. I sort of just zone it out. So I guess it's. It's interesting that you would get so riled. I think also I'm doing several things at once just to get the car forward. All right. So, for example, pushing the clutch, put it into first gear, step on the gas, release the clutch. When I get a little bit of speed, either go in neutral or go into the following gear. And then, oh, brake. And then it's I got to push in the clutch, put it in neutral. It's like this whole process for me. Yeah. And it's every single time. It's, you know, if you're standing still, it's clutch, first, gas, release, clutch, second, gas. And you know what I'm saying? And then it's like you break. It's like, oh, pushing the clutch, go to neutral. Like, it's just several things happening at once. Though they're second nature, I don't need to think about it. It's still like all these, these little steps that all have to happen in a short amount of time. And then... It's done, and you just repeat that over and over and over. Well, you just identified the root cause of the problem. I mean, dude, 
if I had to do that, right? With and a, with a stick, holy easy cow, to take that time would, when you're yeah, just sitting no. back and you just let all you're doing is letting your foot on and off the brake. You know what I'm saying with I, an automatic car? Yeah. So I th- I think that your irritation is is definitely appropriate. I, I man, I was gonna take the train yesterday and then I decided not to because I needed more time and I was like, oh, the drive home would be nice, which it always is at ten o'clock on a weeknight. Um, but I got out of class like 40 minutes early, so I'm happy because otherwise I'd have been at the train station for like an hour waiting for the train just mm-hmm. to get home. So, yeah, it's interesting though because that that's sort of it's out of your control, really, right? So, what what sort of you know remedies for this problem are there? There aren't any. There aren't any. It's got to be a way to like have meditate. A, have a driver. Listen to some podcast, man. But the thing is, I mean, yes, but when I'm in traffic, my only, the only thing I can – when I'm in super heavy traffic, the only thing I can get – the only thing I can think of is getting out of super heavy traffic. Just because of the complicated nature of your driving. Just because of the like, bullshit that you're just surrounded by. Just ugh. So, I keep thinking okay. – all I can think about is I can't wait for cars to talk to each other and for this to just – you just sit in the car – and it drives itself, and everything operates at maximum efficiency. Yeah, man. That's only about 100 years away. <laughs> I know we've had this conversation before, but just, God, if we would only spend time on infrastructure, all these problems would be gone. Like, dude, lobby your politician to do something. Sign a fucking infrastructure bill. Really. Call call your congressperson. What stand, make, some, okay. make some change. That's what you can do. That's okay. That's a Let's say there's a really here. phenomenal bill, and it's like, wow, there's no reason this shouldn't be passed. Walk us through the bill. Walk us. How was a? Uh, how does a, a? How does a bill become a law? Yeah, I'm not gonna fucking give you. You can you can look on Schoolhouse Rock. No, so I was gonna say better. I do not want the Schoolhouse Rock version. <laughs> we listened to that like ten thousand times while we were in school, but no, man. Um, my that that is that is a possible uh, solution. But anyway, yes, what you were saying about cars driving themselves, it is crazy to think that we are on the verge of that right now, where yeah. you have those self-driving cars. Well, Tesla has a few that are self-driving. I think uh, I've seen them. Actually, I've been in one that drove that drives by itself. It uses satellite and it looks at like the dashes on the road. Yeah, and I know that they're perfecting those right now and the, when they become there people own available. them no i know and when they become widely oh, available yeah. i guess to the the general public and you start seeing self-driving cars all over the place that that that's kind of that's kind of crazy man i don't know how i feel about that i really don't i'm all about the, it the automated society that we're becoming really everything is automated right now everything we're doing is thanks to this automated integrated technology I would have liked to have been around when you had to call an operator to connect you to somebody else with a phone. <laughs> you just sit there. They just sit there and they just plug and unplug what looked like aux cables. Yeah. You know? The excitement of what? The, the telegraph? The first yeah, time. it's like a text message, but not instantaneous. Yeah. That makes me think about the Trump Museum, the Tweet Museum. Oh, yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I 
I can't help but eavesdrop on people's conversations when they're just talking about stuff that's really dumb or just, I can't believe you're talking about this. Actually, there's no excuse. I just like eavesdropping. Like, if you're standing in line, which I remember now that I heard this, I believe, when we were in line at the uh, Union Station. And this is really funny because I hear this and (laughs) this girl says something like, she says, I catch the tail end. Like, California is on fire. I don't want to live somewhere where there's not water. And that was the extent of what I heard. And I stopped and I put my hand over my head and just shook my head. Yeah, they, they were having some interesting conversations. Though people behind yes. us. Yes. Yeah. Conversations. Because you were gone for When I was gone, did you just find oh, yourself just listening to whatever they were I, saying? I wasn't really retaining anything they were saying, but it was along those lines. It yeah. Just, oh, my God. What are you talking about right now? You obviously, obviously they're not friends. They were coworkers, so they didn't, I, they weren't like friends. Oh, but, were they? But they were there, I guess, because, you know, so they, they don't, you could tell they don't hang out on a regular basis because whereas you and I can have a conversation about really anything uh-huh. or just be cool being silent, theirs was like all sort of trying to force something so that there was no awkward silence. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, that was pretty much the, the progression of it. One of one of the coolest things I think that I've experienced growing up, and it's just it's not really a formative experience. It doesn't really shape my personality, but it's just an enjoyable experience. Is traveling, traveling, whether it was to Des Moines, Iowa, or New York City. It just the experience of travel. Uh, the Greyhound bus between Chicago and Des Moines when I was going to college was filled with interesting characters. And I don't think that there was a single trip on the Greyhound bus that I took that was not just filled with a very out-of-the-ordinary experience that I was just like, my first time experiencing. You know, you you would have um, drunk people singing. You know, (laughs) I had this... uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but the most interesting Greyhound bus trip that I had taken was a uh, it was an overnight trip so it was leaving at 7pm mm-hmm. from Chicago to Des Moines and it got in at maybe 4 in the morning or something like that from Chicago to Des Moines yeah, oh it, those were brutal trips They 7pm to 4am it could have been 5am um, why is it that long because isn't it only it like took, a 6 hour drive it it took a detour uh, to oh what it went north before it went because it's a direct route basically it should Just hop it on I eighty right it should be a direct route but it goes to uh, it's like Davenport stops. it goes to yeah there are there are six to eight stops along the way and so the overnight trip takes effing forever because. At these stops, it normally stays there for 30 minutes. Sometimes. And then there's always uh, a break that they would take in between. But I never understood why it took so long. Because when I took Megabus, Megabus was like, what, five hours? Something like that. Something reasonable. As opposed to seven or eight or nine Mm -hmm. hours. And so, yeah. um, But it was – this was before Megabus. And so it was just the Greyhound bus back and forth. And – I remember sitting down and at the next stop, which was maybe two hours later, 
So I think it was later than seven. It was getting close to. I was planning on sleeping, basically as soon as I got on. So maybe it was like nine o'clock. So an hour later, bus stops. Woman gets on, sits down next to me, and she starts talking with me. And I'm I'm not the kind of person I, I tend to give off this sort of standoffish vibe. I, I never seem to have too much of an issue with people mm-hmm. not uh, for people you don't want to talk to. People who I don't want to talk to, and. She sits down and she's, she, she, I forget exactly what she started the conversation with, but it was off, right? It was, you could tell that something was off about her. The sentences weren't quite making grammatical sense, but basically her story was, she was coming from, uh, like Virginia or something like that. And her story was she had just married this guy who she had met. <laughs> who she had met. I'm already going to love this story. Who she had met six months ago. And uh, they'd gotten married like two weeks earlier. And she was saying that three days, three or four days ago, they were driving and he tried to kill her and drove his car into a tree. And uh, ended them up both up in the hospital. And so she, she spent the previous three days in the hospital recovering. And now she was uh, good enough to get back on, uh, you know, be mobile. And she was traveling back from this, back to her original home that she had left back in Chicago. And the, as this conversation is going on, it's just like, this, is, this really isn't making much sense, right? And at, at some point... In the conversation, she she mentions, oh, yeah, and I've been totally sober for, like, two days now. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, okay, now we've just sort of introduced this element that just throws everything into, okay, I have no idea if anything this woman said is true or just a hallucination in yeah. her mind. And she's like, oh, yeah, acid, cocaine, heroin, like... Yeah, it was it was great, and she was describing her favorite drugs and just oh, it's just so great. But you know, I've I've been sober for two, and obviously she's if she was on all of these drugs, there is no way that she was sober while she was talking to me because that is not that is not what a sober person looks like. You know, coming down off of all of those mm-hmm. drugs, so she's obviously on something. But she's just like, and uh, and when I get home, you know, I'm really hoping my my cat's okay. I just left him there, and I locked the door and, and forgot to give him any food. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, oh, oh, my God. And so that was sort of the gist of the, the trip, and she just continued to talk. For the next four hours, she was detailing the anthology that was her life. Whether or not it was a figment <laughs> of her imagination or not, I, I still don't know. But it was in such vivid deal that this must have been some pretty damn good acid because yeah. she must have, you know, her hallucinations were very vivid. And and by the end, it's maybe three in the morning. You know, we still got two hours to go. And then she gets off at the stop right before Chicago. And so I have two hours. And I'm just like, oh my god. And uh, and that was my trip. But that was by far. Even as unpleasant as it was, that was by far my most memorable and lasting impression of my Greyhound experiences. I, um, I've had people come up to me and they talk to me, and it's like, one, do you not understand? Like, any normal person can understand social, can, can understand clues, you know, that somebody doesn't want to talk to them. You know, someone's not in the mood to talk. Mm-hmm. And this person's talking to me, talking to me. 
and I'm doing nothing. My only contribution is, uh-huh, yeah, really? Cool. Sure. Okay, like these one-word responses that I just throw in every now and then. And I don't know how this person's mind worked because they would be talking about something and they would not even allow for a pause to change the subject, you know? Like a beat, it just it just automatically changed. Like, yeah, and that, and that's how, you know, for example, yeah, and that's how I like to make my spaghetti. So this one time I was playing softball in college. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, lady? What are you talking about? Why are you speaking to me? And they would just have these super abrupt changes in topic without any type of transition or any space in between these. And they'd just be talking, 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 and then... This lady's just like, oh, yeah, you know, it was great talking to you, so uh, I'll see you again sometime. Bye. And I literally stood there for maybe eight to ten minutes doing nothing but providing maybe four one-word responses that weren't even a response as it was just, like, to let her know I was kind of listening to what she was saying. She didn't ask me any questions. It was just... Nodding my head. It was just a verbal cue that went with the physical movement of my head nodding as this story was going on. It's like, oh my goodness. Word vomit. Shut up. And lady. then she just walked away. Yes. And then just walked away. <laughs> like, I felt so disheveled, <laughs> disheveled afterwards. I was just like, what the hell? Yeah. But my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Taking people, taking people's interactions with a grain of salt is pretty important, I think. Because people, people respond so personally when a lot of, like, a lot of antagonism that people show towards one another mm-hmm. is just because of misunderstanding. Failure of communication, so to speak. Interesting. Yeah. I was talking with, uh, with, other Victor, Minnesota Victor, um, and was sort of, because I haven't had a chance to, to talk with him in a while, and so we were having some some theological and, and philosophical debates, and I, I was just reflecting on the past two years for me having the opportunity to have these sort of in-depth conversations with people of very, very different ideology that I've sort of never surrounded myself with, and having a chance to sort of open my mind, because, you know, in the in the social political spectrum, I would label myself pretty darn progressive, right? Uh, I'm also politically aware, so I I like to I like to be objective. I, I like to have good, legitimate reasons for my beliefs because, yeah, I don't know. It's important. Facts are important to me, right? And having conversations with individuals who don't really have any sort of interest in politics, but more than that, more than their disinterest, believe falsehoods. And for me to, to experience what little knowledge they do have of politics being false, and it influences the way that they vote and the way that they believe a certain class of people are, you know, that sort of attitude. It's just, it's interesting because... I don't know if it's, it's particular. I think it's the case with really any any political or non political ideology. People sort of segment themselves, right? You tend to surround yourselves with pe- with people who don't have political conversations, right? Like, yeah, more. Or I'm less. I'm probably one of 
your only friends who yeah. will talk politics. Um, and they're, you know, the, the people who I surround myself with talk politics. You know, they, they're they open and willing to talk about politics. And then with Ray's uh, or other individuals, of, not just Ray, but other individuals who I have formed relationships with who, who do have conservative ideology, they also do the same thing as well. So you have all these different groups that sort of segment themselves and don't really communicate with one another. They communicate well within their own circles. Like, I'm able to talk politics with the best best of my fellow liberals. We're on the same page. It's a very easy and flowing mm-hmm. conversation. You you talk about, you know, fuck Jerry and <laughs> and uh, and memes and models and with, with I don't people talk, who appreciate... No, I don't listen. The simpler things That's something life. that I like, but it's not like I have these in-depth conversations with people about about fuck Jerry and memes and models and Jerry. No, no, but it's, like, they're, they're lighthearted, lighter, uh, oh, okay, like, yeah. casual yes, conversations, yes, yeah. not weighty conversations. That, yeah, those are, I don't know... This, you I, appreciate the simple things. I don't know anybody who would be, who would look at me with disgust if I mentioned, like, a meme or a model and look at me like, how can you be wasting my time talking about such trivial matters? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. For the most part, if I bring something up, people will be like, oh, let me see. Oh, that's funny. I get it. Yeah. So, more the, so yeah, we, we surround ourselves with people who show the same sort of sociological behaviors. And unfortunately, while we know how to communicate very well with those in our in-group, we have no idea how to see the world through the lenses of those other groups that don't fall into our categories. Okay. Like, it's very hard for you, I can tell right now, as you're playing with your hair, to relate to this, you know, <laughs> political, <laughs> ph- philosophical conversation. I can see your your attention is sort of, you know, half and half right now. <laughs> Whereas when, when you talk about memes and models, you know, uh. my eyes close over a little bit. So it, it is just interesting to reflect on that. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and, and but I, I think that that, for me, is an important part because I, I not just in this sort of situation, but I, I, I search to try and find something that sort of brings a spark to, you know, a language that sort of speaks to you that also still interests me, right? Like, I want to be... I want to be engaged as well, so I have to find a way to make it relevant to my own interests and, and life and uh, and be able to communicate that in a way that makes it interesting to you but yeah i mean and for you it's memes and models like <laughs> situations experiences experiences um, um not the reason the, not not the philosophical one. well speaking of which i did see that 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 she Even. is very beautiful um continue to scroll uh that the elon musk i think is they're pretty much going to replenish the power in Puerto Rico. Not oh, yeah. like they're going to do yeah, the whole yeah. thing, but they started with they're starting with a hospital with solar p- panels and you know trying to get the electricity going, and then from there potentially trying to like work other areas. But it's like, wow, how crazy is it? Like the government can't do shit, but here's a, a private company like getting the ball rolling and like getting things done right yeah. now. But I'm what I'm really looking forward to is like. Puerto Rico, this tiny little island, right? Mm -hmm. And imagine, like, maybe this... uh, Yeah, the hurricane sucks, but this hurricane just wipes out everything, and now starting from the bottom and starting with a super progressive company, can you imagine what if Puerto Rico becomes the model for what infrastructure should look look like for the 21st century? Mm -hmm. Like, whoa. So, 
it's so it, now I'm now, interested. Now, now we're rolling, yeah. man. Now we're rolling. Uh, it's it's so interesting that you mentioned that. So I I read the I read the article. I don't know. Did you read the article? I didn't read the article. Like, I just saw on on Jerry News that there was a picture and just hey, this is happening, and that was it. It was so interesting. I forget where I'd gotten it from, but everyone was talking about it because it was. Uh, uh, who who is it? It's uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk has done this for a couple of small governments already, like for very very small, you know. But it, Puerto Rico would be the largest project that they that they have ever uh, tried to facilitate, mm-hmm. and so it it's worked in the past, and it's provided it it has allowed these countries to have self sustaining power mm-hmm. from this single source not dependent on any uh on any fossil fuels or on any and any sort of fuels whatsoever so it's like clean renewable sustainable energy mm-hmm. it's like whoa and it was so funny because there there was a tweet between the two governments like and it ended with uh with the leader of the previous government saying let's talk and that was and it, and the governor of Puerto Rico ended his tweet to Elon Musk this time with let's talk, which is how the story got started, mm-hmm. that this is actually going to be a thing because um, Elon Musk really wants to to make this the model of the future of world energy. And if they're able to do it on Puerto Rico, a country that size, and yeah, rebuild it from scratch. Like, it could totally change the face of everything. That'd be so cool. So, but yeah, it's crazy that like our government can't really do it, but this private company is able to provide for. I think it's super interesting that um, like we're still in, and it'll be several years that we're right now we're in the stage of transitioning into a new era. And so people yeah. are trying to fix problems with solutions that aren't, you know, uh, solutions really is just contributing more to the same problem or just like you said let's say like a band-aid so instead mm-hmm. of like you really need to just deconstruct your entire way of thinking or how you go about have 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 gone about doing things for so long where um yeah you just need to man i'm just so pumped for elon musk <laughs> <laughs> well technology in general dude have you have you tried those virtual reality glasses no, before. where are they? Oh, really? yes, I have. Yes, yeah, my brother has one. Okay, yeah. where you can see what, what it's amazing. What uh, it's amazing. What images are on? Because the one that the one that I saw was it was a commercial one that was at the store, but it it was these various scenes of of nature. It was like one at the pyramids, one was in the jungle, one was underwater, but it was like super clear. It was Everything like 4K, is so crisp, and it was yes. like you could look yep. around. Yep. And I was just. I took it off and I was so disoriented because I'm like you take it off and you're you you take it off and you're like oh I guess this is reality this <laughs> sucks like when you have those goggles on everything is just so clear and crisp and just wow this is amazing and then you take them off and it's a buzzkill yeah. it's like this is reality yes. uh what what sort of images does your brother oh this was a happened. game it was a he it, okay. so it wasn't like a slideshow type thing okay. but he had different games that you could yeah. play on it what what sort of games um there one of them was you defend a castle 
and like these little like two D, there's two dimensional characters are like running around, and you shoot them with the bow and arrow. I've seen that. Uh, another one is like this like giant orb of energy, and you put it in a sling, and you pull it back, and you launch it, and you knock over like these boxes. Um, another one was you're in like a castle, and you have like a shield and sword, and you can wield between your yeah wield between like a hatchet or bonnet or whatever. And it's just, it's like Wii on steroids. It's just like, it's like Wii games. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Super simple. Very, um, anyone can play. Like, little kids can play and They're not like super graphic games or anything. But it's just like, wow, this is amazing. This is really cool. And, it, like, how many years was it that the, the between the Wii and VR? It was, it's At only been. Like 10, maybe 8 years. I don't know. Wii came out in November 2006. Okay. I believe. It was 2006. It was fall 2006 is when the Wii came out. And VR has been commercially available for like three years now. Yeah, I was going to say two or three so years. So like, yeah, six or seven years. We've come to VR now. Like, what's next? We're exponentially increasing our ability. Because I'm thinking, I've heard I've heard uh, interest in trying to incorporate the other senses into the VRs now. Wow. So smell, touch, taste and they're getting the touch down like they're focusing mm-hmm. on touch now so that's interesting but how like how how many years will it be till we have the full vr experience where it's like a suit that we wear and we're suddenly we can well, feel we're in the there's jungle. a movie we, like feel the humidity on our bodies and there's a movie on. coming out i i want to say steven spielberg maybe is the director somehow involved in it where like you that's what it is like you go everybody everybody um exists you know in the real world and then you put on this these goggles or whatever and all of a sudden you're in a different completely world with everybody it's it's super weird it's super cool though yeah they made a bunch of movies like that um but yeah everyone's just going to it'll get to the point where like what are you gonna do like oh i'm going to work and you but and but really you sit in this chair in your office at home put on this suit and in this internet world then you are at your job or you're going around. so like you don't need to leave your home to do the things that you need to do that's my theory yeah i think because we're moving towards efficiency we're going towards being being the most efficient that we can i think it'll get to the point where people who don't want to incorporate their lives with technology to a, like a high degree will become ostracized from society yeah dude i mean i wonder i wonder what happens to those that, that are not technologically savvy but how how is that possible though I, if you go to public school how are you not surrounded by technology no no no. i mean like in a hundred i mean like way off in the future i'm not saying like oh you i'm not saying like, like oh i don't want to use an ipad when we're all like i'm bionic. saying like i'm saying get to the point where it's like oh so you know mr thorsell uh would you like to experiment with x-ray vision today? And you get this chip that gives you x-ray vision. Or, yeah, or like, um, it's like, um, I really would like to fly. I, uh, I'd like some wings installed on my back. Like, crazy shit like that. Or or even like, oh, you're, you're sick. If you just, um, you know, drink this solution, or if you whatever, you know, you will no longer have cancer or what like people no who longer don't diarrhea people who like um don't want people who see certain aspects of this technological boom 
hinder what it means to be human, well, I guess. In the realm of possibility, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard very much about uh, gen- genetic modifications or, like, genetic engineering when it comes to kids. Uh, kind of like have, you seen the, have you seen the movie Gattaca? No. So Gattaca, it's like G-A-T-T-A-C-A, which, I, yeah, you I've know, are the I've heard of G-A-T and C are the letters used for to for DNA and everything, right? So Gattaca, it takes what it's about is parents can choose how they want to engineer their children yeah. or or and and when kids are born, they're engineered to be either, you know, a laborer or a scientist or a musician or whatever. So their niche in society is predetermined and it's funny because in the movie, they go to see this pianist who's this super famous pianist, and there's a picture of him like like th- like holding his hands out, and you can see he's got a sixth finger on each hand, you know. Um, and Gattaca, uh, Ethan Hawke, he's so determined to go into space, but he can't because the way that they do things is like they they they're really on your ass about like checking and making sure that only the proper people proper personnel can do the things according to how it is that they're engineered. And he goes to these great lengths because that's been his dream to go up into space. It's a really cool movie. You should totally watch it. (laughs) Really, really awesome. Well, in the realm of actual science right now, it's all about removing genetic, like, uh, what do you call it? Diseases. Getting rid of, they, they just had some sort of breakthrough. I can't remember. It was many months ago that I had read an article where they were successfully able to do something in regards to genetics when it came to an embryo, removing a deficiency from an embryo okay. or something like that. Um, but it's it's crazy just how close we are to that sort of sci-fi world that the only thing that just hasn't come true is flying cars. All those former just, sci-fi movies dude, had, had everything right I, except for the happen. flying cars. Oh, yeah. Every sci-fi movie. In 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 the past like forty years, have envisioned flying cars. All of them. Ever since the car, ever since movies have yeah. have existed, the flying car has been a thing. I mean, they have some prototypes that are cars, and you can, I think, you get it up to a certain speed, and it turns into an airplane, and it takes off like a little one person. Yeah, thing. I think like I've little seen goofy some of those. stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Um, but yeah, dude, all you got to do is just it's a just a drone and just. Times a thousand, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Man, dude, along the lines of drones, that's another piece of technology that's kind of freaky. It's amazing, isn't it? Well, I'm worried that that something's going to happen with uh, like militarizing these commercial dr- drones. Oh, for sure. That's so scary to think about. I mean, it seems like. A lot of people have drones. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I'm know waiting for the day where you look out the sky and it's totally normal to see drones going by all over the all over know. the place, like delivering that'll, Amazon packages or groceries or something like that. I guess that'll be our flying cars. The day will come for sure. Well, what? They're already delivering food. Drones are? Yeah. And I, packages. I've they're yet to see experimenting one. with that. No, they're not around here. Oh. There are, there are certain areas. Man, that would be super cool, that, though. That, That'd be such a creepy thing because it's like, what's privacy anymore? I mean, you equip you equip a drone with some sort of X-ray technology. Mm-hmm. Like, what is privacy? I don't know, man. I don't know, man. 
I'm just so pumped about the future. I had this one moment where uh, I think I, this is maybe like 10 years ago where I'm in the car with like Bill and a few other people. And of course, this makes so much more sense when letting people know that we had just finished like smoking a bowl or something like that. And I thought to myself, I, I had this revelation, like my mind just like the back of my head just blew off. Just like, <laughs> like whoa. It's like, guys, I said to him, guys, you know how like we're always thinking to ourselves, thinking to ourselves like, when are we going to get to the future? In the future, this, in the future, that. When are we going to get to the future? When are we going to get to the future? When are we going to get to the future? But if you just stop and look around, you'll realize we are in the future. <laughs> and it just blew my mind. But like we are like every moment of every day living in the present, past, and future at the exact same time. You look at just technology you know that's the easiest thing to look at mm-hmm. wow modern medicine holy mm-hmm. cow the stuff that we have now but how much time is going to go by before it's stuff that we have is like obsolete especially with technology you know it's not going to be a hundred years 20 years 10 years like, yeah. wow look at this can it, you believe this it progresses so i had fast. this i had this um i saw a picture on instagram and uh, there was a it was like a someone I don't know what it was. Like, it was a camera on a stick that took a picture in the mirror. Something weird like that. And I thought to myself, how how quickly will it be where instead of having a a stick that you can put a camera on to take a picture of a group yeah. or, like, holding the phone for the selfie, that you just have a phone and you hit a button or whatever, you just throw it in front of you and it automatically <laughs> is floating in the air it's automatically floating in the air and then takes the picture for you and you just walk up to grab it. Yeah. And just no big – okay, cool, awesome. Thanks for the fo- – like, cool photo. Just take this thing, throw it out there. It floats, takes a picture, and then maybe is like – and then it has a text or maybe it talks to you like, Rick's had his eye closed, eyes closed. Would you like me to take the photo again? Nope, that's good. Thank you. Like, it tells you, like, what might be wrong with the photo. Yeah. Interesting. Imagination. Imagination. Yeah, like how efficient can you make taking – because, I mean, you even think about it. Like how how in 10 years from now, how ridiculous are we going to seem for have, having to do this with our phone? They're going to have invented a whole new way to take pictures that we haven't even thought of yet. They'll be like, well, why weren't we doing this then? Yeah. You know, <laughs> our, our kids are going to be saying, look at our stupid parents, like yeah. holding, holding their, holding Why their did you old, hold it? old brick to take a picture. I mean, can you imagine group. 20 years ago telling someone, you know, in 10 years, there's going to be a device where your computer, your notepad, your, your alarm clock, your, um, what's the thing that starts with the letter R that keeps people's addresses and phone numbers? Rolodex. Rolodex. Your Rolodex. Uh, there's about 50 things that you currently use that will fit in the palm of your hand, and ev- all this other stuff you won't you won't need. You won't need. And it will be able to co- connect you to all the information everywhere ever, in the entire ever, world that's in the ever been recorded that has ever been recorded on in an instant. And it takes pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes pictures. Sound check. Like oh man yeah absolutely well and and that's also too why why I always find a little bit of joy did you, did you ever do diaries or like journals every once in a Doing while one right now 
Huh? I got one right now. I have a notebook that I've had for about four years. Every several, every few months, or whenever I feel like writing it, I write down what I've been doing or what just whatever. Do you ever look back on, on sometimes? Them from yeah, years and years ago. No, it's, I mean it's only four years old. I actually have. Um, I the only other one that I have. I have like two pieces of paper. I got like this brand new notebook uh, that my dad gave me when I was like eight, and I wrote down the date and I wrote down like whatever, like a paragraph from mm-hmm. when I was eight. That's the only other record that I have. Of, really? Yeah. Because I have this little black box that it was just a like a childhood safe that really doesn't lock at all or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. It's like I won those fake. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but it's it's got all these little scraps of pieces of paper from starting back in. Man, like sixth, fifth, sixth grade, something like that, where I just wrote down, like I was super stressed or whatever, or it was like having an emotional freak out. And like, I, I the only time I guess that I wrote is when things were just going horribly, horribly wrong in my mm-hmm. life, or so I thought at the time. Like, you know, I was a pubescent teen, you mm-hmm. know, preteen at the time, and it's like, of course, my world will be collapsing around me no matter yeah. what's happening. And so these moments that were just so big and, like, me looking towards the future of, like, oh, I want, you know, like, to the future me. Like, I would write that. In some oh, like, to the interesting. Future me. So it's always nice to kind of go back and be like, oh, yeah, the future me. That's me right now. It is really. So just reflecting yep. back. I know what I was thinking back then, and I realized I'm going to save this. And in God knows however many years that I look back on this, you know, the future me will be reading this and thinking about the present me writing it right now. Wow. And that's, that's, that's kind of the most sentimental experience that I've had with my own record keeping. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. I've only had a few years go by, so I can't exactly reflect on the magnitude that you are able to, but I'm super pumped to be like 60 and have a bunch of notebooks with (laughs) stuff in it. It's it's a powerful experience because it's really the raw emotions of, like, unfiltered thought. And it kind of re- reminds me to, to do that every once in a while now. That mm-hmm. just I leave a paper trail on, yeah. that, on just, you know, scrap pieces of, of over the years that have just accumulated. And uh, I think I have, I, you know, one from pretty much every year. Really? More or less. I have probably... You know, over a dozen, over a dozen of them crammed in that small little. Oh, box. it's just a scratch piece of paper that you just wrote one thing a, on a pa- every no, year. No, a, pa- a page or two. Like this oh, was, okay. this was, these were uh, traumatic or emotional times okay. that I was writing about, <clears throat> or like times where I was just like, I, for me, it was always addressed to God, like mm-hmm. I was all, or or to the future me, like right, one or the two. Um, so it's interesting to see that, but yeah, I'd always make reference, especially when I was really young, like. Everything's horrible now. Tell me in the future that things will be better. <laughs> um, and the irony. The Tell irony. me in the future the that arc, things will be better. Episode, so yeah, yeah. Crying out, crying out. To I the love future. time. Like, give me, love, give me some reassurance. I love thinking about time and time passing. If you think about it, time doesn't really exist it doesn't it's not like are we going down that rabbit hole? it's just if you, you but think about it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's just a measurement it's just how you measure things like a parsec yeah like a parsec do you even know what a parsec is it's a unit of distance yeah but do you know what many many like yours no it's it's super we actually i'm gonna look it up right now because it's way more complicated i think than 
um, than I thought it was when I first looked it up because I, I looked, believe it. I looked it up because I heard it in Star Wars. They talk about like racing the Millennium Falcon, something under a certain amount of uh, parsecs. But I want to see what it is, and it is. It's one of those things where it gets into like quantum mechanics, and yes. I don't really have any interest in learning about quantum mechanics. Really? Well, uh, if it's explained to me in a in a interesting layman's way, terms, like Vsauce so, or something, parsec, a unit distance, a unit of distance used in astronomy equal to about three point two six light years. One parsec corresponds to the distance at which the mean radius of the Earth's orbit subtends an angle of one second of our... I don't know what the fuck... I don't know what... I'm... Yeah, it needs not, to be... I'm not going to try... I'm not going to try and figure terms. that out. <laughs>